Now we're going to get into... Oh, what the fuck? Autoplay's on? Get this fucking out of here. <laughs> I was like, who's talking to me? To <laughs> uh. uh. <laughs> get together, have a few laughs. Hello and welcome to Where There's a Willis, There's a Way, a film podcast about the multitude of works by Bruce Willis. My name is Josh Carter. And I'm Kendrick Martin. Today we will be covering 1999's The Story of Us. Directed by Rob Reiner, written by Alan Zwiebel and Jesse Nelson. If this is your first time listening to this podcast, welcome. What we do here is an in-depth breakdown of a movie starring Bruce Willis, both from a film perspective and his individual contribution. We add that movie to our rankings, we talk trivia, and then we spin the wheel of Willis. You can find all of our previous episodes at williswaypod.com. Find other podcasts in the Last of the Action Heroes podcast network over at lastoftheactionheroes.com. Rate and review us on iTunes. Tell your friends, your cats, your cat's friends. Everybody loves Bruce. Everybody loves Bruce. I don't think my cat does, but mostly everybody else does. Pretty much everybody else. And that one like Walgreens worker. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Who posted the... (laughs) The mask photo about him. Yeah. <laughs> um, normally what we like to do up top at these podcast episodes, and by normally I mean every time because we're, we've, we're contractually required to, mm-hmm. uh, we give you an idea if this movie is going to be worth pausing, going and watching, and then coming back, or if you should just listen to the podcast episode recap. We do that because in our spoiler, or in our... We do that because in our film discussion, we usually go ahead and just spoil the whole movie. And so what we have come up with is a patented method to review a... Oh my gosh. We've come up with a patented method to rate a movie. So what we have done is we have the Bruce Willis rating system where we rate a movie a Bruce Willis out of a Bruce Willis. Joshua, mm-hmm. what would you rate this movie? I think I'm going to rate this movie a brew. Ooh. Not above, but not below. That's a BRU? A BRU. I uh, went back and forth, um, but I think I'm going to stick with a Bruck. Oh, all right. I almost, went full, I almost went full Bruce, but... just pull it back (laughs) yeah i uh yeah and we can get into like some of the differences and stuff like that you and i probably liked a lot of the same stuff about it but the dislikes probably just didn't didn't shine as much i would Mm -hmm. guess unless there's like some secret positive to this movie that Mm -hmm. i didn't notice i uh the 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 error of our bruce willis ranking system is there's not an easy section for good, but not worth recommending because I feel like this movie is good and has some merits, but I don't think I would recommend it to anybody. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. It would be different if it was like free and on already and you weren't doing anything else. Like <laughs> then maybe. <laughs> uh yeah. Way but... to <laughs> way to sell it. <laughs> well, you know, I uh, definitely should have looked at this earlier, but did we get any emails this week? I just checked, and the answer is no. No emails. All right. Well, if you guys heard that moment and you were really sad about us not having any emails, you can fix that by emailing us at williswaypod at gmail.com. You can also tweet at us at williswaypod, or if you are not so brave as to shout at the world aka twitter and then throw our handle in there you can just message us on twitter via a direct message or you can follow us on instagram and get a hold of us there also at willis waypod if you want to get a hold of us via the back channels and a more action-oriented way you can reach out to us on the last of the action heroes podcast network facebook page just log on to there and then say give me the willis boys stat and then we'll show up uh yeah that's how that works typically (laughs) um it's also worth noting that besides leaving us a review on apple Podcasts, another great help you can do in promote this podcast is just following us on social media the more followers we have the more likely we're uh to get picked up by podcast aggregators and noticed by various podcast searchers so go ahead look us up follow us josh usually tweets some jokes and then i'll usually say no no josh that's not funny (laughs) uh that's true this is all true and you can't tell us that it's not true unless you follow us yeah exactly okay before we talk about the story of us we're gonna take a quick break Kendrick, didn't we talk about the story of us last week? Uh, was that a Suicide Squad no, reference? No, our story, the Willis Way pod, oh, the story of us. Yeah. Uh, I'll throw yeah. that one out on the old Twitter. Okay, all right. <laughs> I'll, now, now. Now, now, Josh. Um... What if uh, the United States, instead of being a country, was just a skyrise building, and we were talking about the different floors? So this movie was actually the story of U.S. I also noticed that, like at the beginning, it was like us, and it was like in red and blue at the beginning credits, and I was like, "Is the U.S. somehow going to be a part of this? Is this some <laughs> Americana piece?" <laughs> Thankfully, it was not. <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I don't know that I could have taken that. Now we're going to get into the story of us. To me, the most romantic, beautiful love stories ever were the ones where two people meet, fall in love, and then 50, 60 years later, one of them dies. And then a few days after that, the other one dies because they just can't bear to live without each other. Not that that's such a good example of a happy ending. I mean, you got two dead people in that example, but that's how I always thought things would be for Katie and me. I do. I do. I'm pregnant. It's a boy. Happy birthday. I'm pregnant. It's a girl. Happy Mother's Day. You're not really hearing me. 
you're not listening. You can't let go of anything. Why should you be responsible for anything? Oh, that's right. You're perfect, and I've done nothing right in 15 years. My favorite therapist was the one with the birthmark on his forehead. Right, the one that looked like the state of California. How could you pay attention to anything that guy was saying? This cycle of closeness, then estrangement, what instigates it, triggers it? First thing that comes to your mind. Sacramento. Governor Gray Davis. Fear. That's the main motivator for everything. That and guilt are the two emotions that keep a society humming. It's the wear and tear of the job. The diapers, the tantrums, the homework, the state capitals. Suddenly all you're aware of is that it's virtually impossible to French kiss a person who takes the new roll of toilet paper and leaves it resting on top of the empty cardboard roll. God forbid he takes the two seconds to actually replace it. Does he not see it? Does he not see it? Isn't this the moment where one of us is supposed to say, look, this is ridiculous, we love each other, all couples go through this, let's give it another try? My goldfish died. My hamster died. My father's dying. If you want, you can stay for dinner. You sure? No. That audio was from the trailer of Story of Us. I'm going to read the description from IMDb in its entirety. The description reads, Ben and Katie Jordan are a married couple who go through hard times in 15 years of marriage. And that's it. That's all that you get. I hope that you guys were hoping for a lot of morsels because they were not interested in giving you any. I don't know um, why that's so funny to me. It's... <laughs> It's just like, Gennaro, Gennaro had a life. I mean, I guess, you know, story of us. That's what it is. Gennaro, Gennaro. Us. Yeah. Having a life. Yep. Uh, you can find this movie for uh, rent on Video On Demand. And we're going to be spoiling it like we always do. Oh, right. Thank you for the reminder. Yeah. <clears throat> Even though that description really kind of spoiled it on its own. Yeah, sorry. Uh, if you guys uh, didn't know that this movie had people going through hard times, sorry about the spoilers there. Um, or if you didn't know that their names were Ben and Katie, also sorry about that. Um, yep. Mm-hmm. Last name yeah. Jordan, and that they're married. <laughs> uh, another thing that really cracked me up for some reason was the fact that the movie is titled The Story of Us, not mm-hmm. not Story of Us. And sometimes it just like doesn't make grammatical sense to say the the movie called the story of us yep and it just it gives me a chuckle yep gives me a little chuckle yes it does little little chuckles speaking of little chuckle i wasn't um entirely expecting this movie to be quite as funny as it was at times did you also have kind of a that moment where you're like oh this is a little bit funny sometimes, or are you just like caught up in the sads? Well, I mean, you have uh, Rob Reiner directing it, mm-hmm. which is kind of a giveaway um, for a little bit of the vibe. I mean, 
I guess he doesn't do it, you know, he's not entirely comedic, but he definitely swings for the comedy fences. Mm-hmm. And it starts out right right from the get-go. You kind of know that there's going to be a little bit of humor because early on there's a scene where they're in the car behind a house that's moving. Oh, and, yeah. And uh, Bruce Willis is just cracking jokes about, like, someone taking a dump out the window and other various things about the fact that they're having to move a house. And uh, I was like, oh, that's the kind of movie it's going to be. And it actually gave me, I was excited for this movie because we've been watching a lot of action movies. Like action, you know, uh, hero Bruce Willis is kind of the era we're in. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, we're going to get to see a more moving side of him. We're going to get to see him be comedic. I actually uh, meant to, to look at our list. I guess I could do that right now. But is this the first time we've seen him be a parent? He was kind no, of No, he was a parent in Die Hard. What? Oh, I meant like parenting of a child. I mean, he technically, I guess, was a parent in Die Hard, but I don't think, think we've ever, we didn't see him interact with a kid at all. That is entirely possible. Let me look at my Bruce Willis list. Um, in country, he plays an uncle, but the, an uncle who's parenting his niece to some extent. Uh, Armageddon. Uh, I suppose. Uh, yeah. So this, so this is the first time we've seen him be a parent to like kids. A younger kid, yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. Uh, and I thought that was kind of sweet. Um, but I think at the end of the day, the chemistry between him and Michelle Pfeiffer never felt fully there. Um, yeah. My favorite moment actually was the kind of montage scene that actually the trailer is pretty much just lifted straight from the movie. Oh, yeah. Of uh, a montage of like the two of them kind of just remember their relationship, and so they you you skip through like all fifteen years in the span of two minutes or whatever, and I thought that was like a very well edited, super sweet kind of way to progress through uh, the ups and downs of a relationship where it's like fights and kids' birth and your parents pass away and moving and uh, you know thing your your kids. Um, Goldfish dies and all the kinds of stuff that that happens. And we get to see Bruce Willis have terrible hair. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I wish that we were ranking this these movies on Bruce Willis's hair, but we're not. And that'd be too much to go back and do. But this movie would either be the top or the bottom, depending on how you look at it. Mm, yeah. That's, uh, yeah. <laughs> That's for sure. But yeah, I agree. I, I loved that montage. I thought that it was maybe a little bit too quick of editing at some points. And I wanted to see them kind of breathe in those scenes because so much of this movie is like showing us that their relationship is very toxic. And then they're like, oh, but there's these little moments that make the relationship worthwhile. And it's like, that's very movie magic of you. But small little pleasant moments do not a good relationship make so like i found myself disagreeing with the ending of this movie quite a bit and i knew it was going to not end terrible because 
they harped on it being terrible the entire way through. And I feel like if you want to end a movie sad, you have to kind of earn that sad ending, whereas a happy ending is like the default in American media. So I expected it to go that way. But yeah, that, that montage was pretty great. I also really liked the scene where there's it's another montage where they build up a joke and they build to a joke with the rule of three and then they have the joke springboard into another scene that is also a joke but then show things about the characters as well and i was like oh this is actually really fun it was a like the one of the few moments of this movie where i felt like the writing and the directing and the acting was all working towards this thing that was working well together and it was when they were uh, both uh, Katie and Ben are talking about how they've seen a bunch of different therapists about their marriage. And then each time it was like a weird thing going on. So like the first one, there was the guy who um, had a, a lisp and then they make fun of lisp for a little bit, which was um, great. But the, uh, the, the nineties, uh, you know, we didn't have like a uh, offensiveness then. So you're allowed to do stuff like that and uh, get away with it. But anyways, they, they make fun of that for a little bit and then they, uh, and their reaction to it is pretty great. And then the next person that they go to, he has a, like um, a birthmark that looks like the state of California and you hear that and then you see it and you're like, oh my God, that does look like California. And then they and make a like joke right about that. In, over his eye. Too, I so know. It's not, it's not <laughs> noticeable. But yeah, it is the state of California, massive state of California. Yeah, it's so great. And then um, the third one that they go to, the like, he had a prostate problem. And then it shows the guy and he's like, well, you see, whenever you're in bed, it's actually six of you that's in bed because... And then he like oh excuse me and then he goes pee and then he comes back and then he's like the six people who are in bed are you two and then your parents points to bruce willis and your parents points to katie and he's like and so oh wait excuse me and then he gets up and goes pee again and then you're like ah ha 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 that guy's weird also that thing was kind of weird whatever and then the <laughs> next scene they show um them starting to fight and then as they're fighting in bed they pan over to bruce willis's side and then there's suddenly two old people right behind of them one right behind him one of them's played by betty white who's playing bruce willis's character's mom and then it pans over to the other person katie and then there's two people behind her who are both of their parents and then their parents are sort of feeding they're having dialogue that's underneath the dialogue that bruce willis and um, michelle pfeiffer are saying and their dialogue is kind of building to this fight because they're both saying lines that their parents essentially fed to them as they were growing up and exemplified for them in their own relationships. And I was like, Oh wow, that's actually like pretty, uh, pretty deep and meaningful. And it's a good, a good metaphor, even if they made it out of this joke. And then a lot of the rest of the movie just is not that good. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree with you that we're not ever really shown, uh, I, f- I feel like everything is extremely simplified. And I mean, I guess it's a movie and you kind of have to do that. But the two uh, characters um, are f- fighting and they have like one thing that they hate about the other person. 
uh, Katie thinks that Ben is childlike and like doesn't plan enough. And Ben thinks Katie has to have everything planned or, and can't be spontaneous. Like that's kind of how it breaks down. And it definitely seems a lot of the time that it ends up focusing more on uh, Katie's shortcomings and like, why can't she just loosen up more? Um, but I'm not sure if that's just because yeah. maybe maybe Michelle Pfeiffer was less charismatic than than Bruce Willis, and so it kind of never felt like the movie was portraying an equal, equally broken relationship. It just kind of seemed like she was more portrayed as the the one who wasn't uh, willing to come around. Because Bruce Willis is often saying like, "Well, let's keep trying to get through this," and she's like, "Oh no, I'm done with you." Mm-hmm. Um, so I wish yeah, I, feel I wish like- that. Ha- Oh, keep going. I was going to say, I wish that that had been fleshed out a little more. I mean, this movie's not super long. And so it kind of had to do the best with with what it had. And um, I think it did a decent job. Like, a little, there are movies that have done it better. But I think this this movie didn't do a terrible job. It just did kind of a middle-of-the-road job, as, you know, uh, evident by, like, the, the, the rating I gave it up at the top. Um, but what I did like was a lot of this movie shows their happy memories of not only like what you think of when you think of a happy memory with your partner of, you know, uh, laughing or having, um, a great time somewhere or the having a kid or raising, raising kids and stuff like that. But also, um, something that at least I can relate to. And I think a lot of people can relate to with their partner is kind of, being around someone who seems completely bananas, but no one else seems to realize this, but your partner. And this happens a lot. One example being all those counselors they visit, um, you know, they, they montage it and they show you all the ones and there's others that they reference that some of them are kind of like a framing device. It gives it a chance for them to both kind of narrate um, what's going on. But a lot of times these counselors, these therapists are just completely bananas. And um, Ben and Katie are just kind of looking at each other like, what on earth is going on? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's like a great bonding moment. And then there's also the scene where they go to Venice and there's the other tourist couple they keep running into. Oh man. <laughs> who seems completely off their, off their canal boat. And, the Kirby's from into Cleveland. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the Kirby's uh. from Cleveland. And I just love the the ways they keep trying to escape them, like giving them a fake hotel and giving them fake names and all this other fake information. And they and the Kirby's just kept being like, well, that didn't seem to make sense, but I'm still here talking to you. And uh, I, I just like the moment, because everybody's been there where it's like, oh my gosh, this person is very aggravating, but I have to be polite. And the only person who knows what I'm going through is my partner. And then later you can be like the shared, uh, the shared, you know, emotion of, wow, we just went through this together. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought that was adorable and kind of showed like novel ways to flesh out, um, the relationship arc. Yeah. I thought that you also had kind of a mirrored moment of that where, Bruce Willis's character was getting shown that apartment at one point, and then the lady is like going off about how different famous people's 
famous relatives oh, yeah. or non less famous relatives have stayed there or it's looked like the at the apartment or whatever. So his brother or something. Yeah. And he just kind of has to like, yeah, it looks good. It looks great. Whatever. And has to just kind of be, be doing that. But yeah, I, I, I did like that as a, a framing device. I still think that the movie didn't really like, I think the biggest problem for this movie isn't necessarily it's moment to moment dialogue. I think that that could be better. They said, God forbid a billion times in this movie. Um, <laughs> God forbid they say anything else. Um, but the, uh, the, the problem that I had with this movie wasn't like the moment to moment stuff as much. It was like, what is the motivation of Ben's character? What does he want out of a relationship? And what, in what ways does Katie provide that for him? And in what ways does Katie not? And then what does Katie want out of a relationship? What do, ways does Ben provide that for her? And what ways does he not? And then how do they figure out all that nebulous in the middle stuff? Because I didn't really get what Ben wanted from Kate. He just seemed like he wanted to just goof off and have fun and was like, you should also just goof off and have fun. But that's not really like... I don't know. I didn't I didn't really like get what his motivation was necessarily. And then Kate's motivation of being like, you know, it kind of seems like you're not really wanting to grow up or take any responsibility for anything. And then Bruce is just totally blowing her off the entire movie. I was like, well, you know, there are like a lot of things to figure out when you're parenting. There's a lot of details and him not wanting to take responsibility for it or also and also being bad at listening constantly throughout the movie i could see why she'd be like you know he's actually not what i'm looking for Mm -hmm. i did fall in love with somebody but that isn't him so i don't think that this is working out and then at the end it's like well it's got to work out because it's a movie and i was like well if you'd actually thought through these motivations and done done the pre pre pre-work a little bit more i feel like you would have had a more fleshed out story yes and (sighs) We might be like reading into this too much. I mean, I guess that is. <laughs> but that's what we do. On this podcast is we read into things too much. Um, but I was check out our siege thinking... episode if you want to hear more <laughs> over reading of a movie. <laughs> I was definitely thinking like, wow, they've been to umpteen number of um, you know marriage counselors and therapists and all these different people, and they still fight like twenty-year-old children who don't know how to communicate with anybody. Like I feel yep. like that's the first thing you do in any sort of marriage counseling or marriage therapy session is they talk about how to deal with disagreements and fights and how to like express yourself and listen and all these, all these tasks, all these tools mm-hmm. uh, that we do that, not see a, any of. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And, I was like, I, what, what are they doing? <laughs> yeah. Many other movies have at least like done the thing where they'll say like, doctor, you know, Dinkenstorven told us to listen and I'm listening and you're not, you know, they could have made jokes out of it of how like they're one of them's trying and the other one didn't and all this stuff, but it's never mm-hmm. referenced. Yep. Uh, so I, I think that's probably where we're, I'm thinking a little too literally about how this is, but I do like what you said about, cause I, I thought a little about this too, about how, uh, we're never really, explicitly told what they're wanting and why the other person, I mean, other than the fact that they just fight a lot. Yeah. Just see, 
uh, them kind of bickering. And then that's kind of where it goes. And that's why the ending, I think, feels a little shallow is because we assume that maybe she, you know, Michelle Pfeiffer was just like, I guess bickering is life. Yep. Um, yeah. And there's also like that ambiguous reference to the guy, to the woman that uh, Bruce Willis's character um, had an possibly with, cheated on. Talk, yeah. Talked to on the phone. Like it sounded like he was just having a phone conversation and then she got upset with him. I don't know. It, that was kind of like weirdly referenced and it was brought up as like a hurt that continued to hurt over time. And I was like, at least I wanted Bruce Willis to admit to his like guy dinner friends of like, I did this and not a great idea or I did this and blah, blah, blah. That conversation with Rob Reiner and Paul Reiser about uh, wanking off to your secretary. And I was like, what, what yep. movie did we just suddenly switch over to? Yep. Yep. Yeah, I I don't really know where a lot of that was going because it felt like sometimes they're like, oh, this scene isn't meant to be taken seriously. It's just a joke. And then other times they're like, oh, no, this is a really important scene. But they're both like set up kind of the same. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I did like uh, I thought it was kind of cute and also kind of realistic, at least in my reading of it the Rob Reiner character or his his relationship because we're shown the scene where the guys are eating you know lunch at one table and the their wives are eating lunch at a different table and it cuts back and forth of each of them talk about their lives and their relationships and all this stuff and I don't remember the actress who plays uh Rob Reiner's character's wife Rita Wilson uh yeah Rita Wilson and she's like talking about how terrible it is. And like, you know, he doesn't put the toilet paper back on the roll and like everything. But then when she finds out that, uh, Bruce Willis and Michelle Pfeiffer are getting a divorce, she could have just said, wow, good for you. You're dumping this guy or like you're, you're being single and you're going to get your freedom back. She instead is like quick to say, yes, there's all these terrible things, but there's all these great things that we have. And, uh, kind of like, that's I wanted to see a movie about their lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were almost more interesting than our main characters were, I thought. Yeah. Because they're, yeah. they're both supportive, but also like saying, you know, life isn't easy and all this stuff. And yep. I was like, wow, this is not the response I expected from you. Yep. Yeah. And it's also interesting that they had those other friends and then they could have painted one as like the yeah relationship seems toxic get a divorce and then the other one is like the well just think about what you're throwing away before you do that um kind of show a little bit of dynamics there but no the other friends are there for that one scene and then you just get rid of them and then you never talk about them again um (laughs) yeah i also loved the stupid uh fleshy part at the top of your leg oh yeah analogy yeah it was so stupid, but I was just laughing at like your ass <laughs> is just the fleshy part of the top of your leg. It's not anything else. <laughs> and he and he, he starts this off by just like bending over in his trousers and being like, "What do you see?" <laughs> oh man, Rob Reiner. Uh, uh, that guy's what a, a blessing. <laughs> that guy's a joker. Oh yeah, yeah. I I liked him, and I liked Rita Wilson. 
and Bruce Willis all uh, quite a bit. But I, I really liked Michelle Pfeiffer in this. I thought she did a great job. But, Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Does that mean that you were uh, less enthused? Uh, yeah. I didn't really care for her that much. Like I mentioned, I felt like her... Um, both her like character as written and portrayed felt uh, subpar to the, what Bruce Willis was doing. And I don't know why they just didn't feel like either of them, hmm. like she didn't want to match his energy or he, she didn't have the written opportunity to match his energy or I don't know. She didn't work for me, but that's interesting. Well, I mean, that's why we have two people on this podcast instead of just me talking about it. So we get a little bit of a difference of opinion. I, that's uh, why not, not for laughing at my jokes. Oh, yes, that's true. It'd be weird if you just told a joke and then went, ha, 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 and then moved on to another joke. And I, then... have, I should get one of those. Uh, have you ever seen those old-timey laugh track devices? Like the big giant ones? Like those weird boxes that look yeah. like some kind of demon that they're like pull you like out wheel it around. Like laughing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the old old laugh track. Mm-hmm. Yeah, from like uh, the Brady Bunch and stuff. Yeah, I yeah. should get one of those. Yeah, <laughs> you could replace me easily. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll just have like a a pull cord for uh, some quote about a movie and. You're like, all right, let's go to the bad take of the day, and then you no. just play some random thing. <laughs> wow, what, what a self-own. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think about if I had anything else. Oh, <laughs> one of my favorite things about this movie was that at the beginning, they're like, with music by Eric Clapton, and they like yeah. play a little bit of it, and you're like, wow, Eric Clapton, he did some music for this, and then... No, he did one song. They yeah. play it four yeah. times, but he did one song. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and the trailer, and uh, it's not a bad yeah. song. Kind of catchy. It is. It's a good song, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Um, I, <laughs> I liked that. Um, there's also a part that I'm not entirely sure if I liked or did not like, but there's a moment where Bruce Willis is getting... Uh, separated and he he's like sad man who's living a sad single life for a second and the way that he does this is he's like just diving into his work and he's a writer but his writing setup is he has a big giant empty room with one desk in the middle of it in the literal middle of the room writing on it and I was like, oh my god, this is the most movie setup of a room ever. Because who, like, has a desk in the middle of a giant living room as their one piece of furniture? Um, I, yeah, I, mean, I think that's just the trope of, like, guy moves out and doesn't know how to compute furniture and is like, I am man, <laughs> I only use box and table to live. <laughs> <laughs> I assume, but it's it was great. It was uh, a little bit of a movie magic. That's what that scene was. I, I um, you did remind me of something though. It's it's almost like a B plot though. I don't know if I'd go quite that far. But the book he's writing is like a story about his grandma, 
Mm-hmm. And um, he talks to Paul Reiser, which I believe is, I assume his agent or maybe his publisher. And is like, I want to write this book about my grandma. She fled Nazi Germany or whatever it was. And uh, all this stuff. And then, um, so he sits down and starts writing this book. And at the end of the book decides that um, her grand, his grandparents were only together because of necessity and they probably didn't really want to stay together. And it was all a sham and she must've been so miserable and I guess that's kind of like him coming to a realization about uh, the uh, illusion of marriage or something. I'm not really sure, but it, then it just kind of disappears and he's like fine getting back together. And I, I was like, what, what do we need to do about this book thing here? Um, yeah. Not totally sure. I also loved... Uh, I also loved, um, wait, hold on. Is that not Paul Reiser? I thought that was Paul <laughs> no, I don't think it's Paul Reiser. I think it's a guy named Tim Matheson. This is Paul Reiser. I swear that that was who, uh, <laughs> you, you said Paul, Paul Reiser a couple of, t- or Reiser a couple of times. And I was like, uh, no, yeah, he's. It, it, I have the. I've got it right. He's Dave, Ben's literary agent. Oh, he uncredited is in the story of us. Oh, uncredited. Interesting. I think the I was low... getting him confused with the Marty character, or not Marty. I was getting him confused with the friend. What's that friend's name? Or is so, that Dave? Oh, was that guy? Is uh, is Tim Matheson in uh, Story of Us? Yeah, but I think he's the dentist guy. He's the guy who dates. Yeah. Yeah. Marty. He's the guy who yeah. dates. Uh, what's her name for two? Two two sure? minutes. Are you sure that's him? Now, Dave I'm, now I'm confusing Vince. myself. I Paul Reiser was definitely in it, but I don't know if it was Paul Reiser the guy who was wanking off at the table. That's what. No. I, well, I can't remember. I don't even know. Paul Reiser's definitely the guy who turns him. He says, "Like, don't write this book, you fool." Yeah. Um, but now I'm now I'm misremembering <laughs> about the table scene. Well, I I don't even remember. Okay, at least but I, I can... know that he's in this movie. At least I feel a little better about myself. <laughs> oh no, no, he is because if you click on his character quote on on IMDb. Like, if you click on his little character, Dave Ben's literary agent, it pops up with one of the lines that he's in, and one of those is from the dinner. Oh, okay. All right. All right. All right. Never mind. I'm wrong. Sorry. (laughs) Oh, Joshua. (laughs) Questioning me. Listen, this is the real reason we have Josh here is because he keeps me honest. Yep. Exactly. I don't even know what I was talking about anymore. (laughs) You said one other thing after you're talking about the grandma side story. No, that was it. That was the grandma side story. I didn't know what the point of the grandma side story was. Oh yeah, I didn't know what the point of our little sideshow there was. <laughs> <other> than... <laughs> I did. I also enjoyed uh, the back, the back view of um, a crossword puzzle inventor. <laughs> yeah, what the what the hell type of a job is that for a, a movie? <laughs> Who thinks of that? It's not Will Short's New York Times crossword editor. Yeah, Shortenair. I 
I mean, I guess that was nice that they had, that was a nice little bit of flavor in that it wasn't just, um, you know, Randy Randos doing busy business jobs. It wasn't like, uh, he's out there selling the business to the business people. And well, I mean, Bruce Willis might've been cause the, his like, Oh, I'm a comedy writer. I write for comedy. I do the writing of the comedy. That was like the most tacked on thing of all time. <laughs> And then somehow this comedian writer has been working at the same job for like 25 years and has enough money to like go live by himself. And we never see him do a single minute of work. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's got a dope apartment for not doing a minute of work. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Anything else movie related before we move on? Um... Nothing else that's not Bruce Willis related. You want to talk about Paul Reiser some more? You know, I think I'm good. I think I, I think I got all the 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 riser out of me. The, I was gonna try to make like some red rising joke, but I couldn't think mm. of it. So mm. insert joke here. I thought we could start a podcast called uh, Paul Reiser and Shine, but uh... <laughs> riser and shine, riser. And shine. <laughs> Paul, Paul, Riser. Okay, never mind. Um, we really got to get going here. Or, uh, our brains are just going to melt out. Of our My brain holes. is melting out. My brain's melting. Uh, it's actually cooler in Oregon than it used to be. So that's good. Yep. All right. So that can only mean one of two things. And it is time for the Star Trek connection. <laughs> Uh, Star Trek Connection is where we connect all of Bruce Willis's works to the Star Trek Expanded Universe Cinematic Universe. Cinematically. Uh, mm-hmm. There are at least two that I found. One of which is Jordan Lund, who plays a uh, minister in this, I believe at the wedding scene in the in the flashback. He plays several Star Trek characters in several Star Trek series. Woo, go uh, on. He plays Kolch in Star Trek Next Generation episode. He plays Woban in a Star Trek Deep Space Nine episode. <laughs> and he also plays Ska-Lar in a Star Trek Enterprise episode. <laughs> like the horns come in. <laughs> It's Scalar, no. (laughs) Princess. Wow, Josh. Uh, That's that's a good joke. You should write that one down for your comedy. All right. I'll add it to my Star Trek related Jordan Lund series of comedy. (laughs) Yeah, your stand up bit that is only after you've been talking about Star Trek connections from the story of us. Uh, okay, then there's also Wendy Shawl, who did some ADR in uh, The Story of Us, and in Star Trek, she played a hologram in a Star Trek Voyager episode. Hologram named Charlene. Ooh. Uh, there is also another one that I found as well while I was just bipping and bopping. And apparently the 
uh, state of California um, therapist was in a Star Trek video game. So Victor oh. Raider Wexler and wow. Raider I Wexler. I thought you were going to say the state of California <laughs> is also in Star Trek. So vis-a-vis. Oh, no. <laughs> um, but he was in the Star Trek game Hidden Evil uh, released in Ooh. the same year, 1999. Ooh. I know. Apparently I he be plays. Star Trek game. Yeah, same here. He plays a uh, Romulan guard slash computer. So, I guess okay. if you meet a Romulan guard and then he turns into a computer, sorry for spoiling that for you. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, maybe the Romulan guard slashes the computer. Who's to say? <laughs> that is true. <laughs> that is true. All right. Do you want to know what else is true? What? What, Josh? What else is true? This Tell me movie. All the rest of the truth. This movie. This movie was made on a $50 million budget. So, roughly the size of. Let's see. Let us see now. Roughly the size of North. Okay, that makes sense. I could see that. <laughs> it was made on a. $50 million budget in 1999 and the box office return was $58 million. So for those of you doing the math at home, that's bad. That's only an $8 million return. And you can bet that the like uh, advertising and marketing cost more than $8 million. So this movie, while on paper made some money, probably did not make executives super happy. Um, did you know that if you stacked up $50 million on a, in a straight pile, it would be 17,000 feet tall, 17,916 feet tall. Wow. Are you stacking them like as just a wad of cash or are you trying to make it as tall of a stack as possible? So you like fold them in half? No, no, you just, (laughs) neither. You just lay them flat. (laughs) You lay them flat. Oh, like end to end? No, you just lay. A, you just have a. Have you ever stacked money before? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what kind of weirdo? <laughs> Do you wad it up and then put each wad on top of every other wad? No. <laughs> you have a pile of bills. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> well, I guess I learn more every day. Thanks for coming to the money stacking part of this podcast. (laughs) I just, you know, trying to help you out. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, yeah. (laughs) So that was the money. Um, you want to talk about old Brucey boy? Yeah. So I really liked Bruce's performance in this movie. I think he got to show a lot of his comedy. Um, we know we've talked around this quite a bit, but I think his husband performance is pretty childlike and shallow, but I thought he played a great dad. I loved all the jokes he has with his kids and how they have like things they say over and over again and like little routines. Um, I thought that uh, the bits with his friends are funny. I thought his, his breakdown scene in the cafe near the end was a little forced. I didn't really believe that he was drunk on wine and 
crying outside the restaurant, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, what did you what did you think? I liked that we got a Bruce Willis freakout moment, but I wouldn't say that it was like his best. I was just excited that we got one because we haven't for a hot minute. I think it's been many, many movies since we've gotten a Bruce Willis freakout moment. Mm-hmm. And since I said that, I'm going to go look and see when mm-hmm. the last time was. But it's your letterbox list of Bruce Willis freakout moments. Oh, that would be great. Would I rank them chronologically? And by how good the freakout was. Mm, and size of freakout. Ooh, that is good. That is good. I don't think we've gotten one since like Die Hard with a Vengeance. I think that was probably like the last one. You're probably right. So only four years, but many movies. And of those movies, we've watched... <laughs> The siege where he plays a boring general. I was trying to think if there's one in Armageddon, but all he does is go on about how they don't know squat about drilling. You guys don't know jack about drilling. (laughs) Yeah. So, so silly. That movie needed a Bruce Willis freakout moment. I know. Exactly. Every movie would be better with a Bruce Willis freakout moment, I think. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I agree. I I thought that he was a fun dad, bad husband, um fun in the role for sure so yeah good job bruce you get an a Mm -hmm. yeah i don't believe it's true but i hope we see more bruce brucey rom-coms yeah i i do too because i like him in this type of a movie i i think that after seeing enough striking distance and last man standings i could really use a, a little bit of a break from that I'm looking at um, our canonical document, and of the movies uh, we've done, so this is the 32nd movie, I believe, right? No, no, no. 32nd episode. 32nd episode, 29th movie. Uh, Just over, just under half we've given over the Bruce W, or Bruce W or higher, so... More than I thought. I would thought it'd be a lower number, but it's like 13 out of the 28 have gotten a, a Bruce W or better. Hmm. 16 for you, so. Yeah. Yep, well, it's hard to tell on some of these, too, because it's like the uh, we didn't start doing the patent until we didn't get the patent official officialized officiated mm-hmm. until uh partway through our podcast so right some of these We're are like a little bit wonk. i think yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh speaking of rankings where do you think you'd pop this sucker in yeah the sucker up i i think that this movie is really close to being a lot higher than it is but the problem with it I think is mostly the script. And so I am going to put it um, right behind Billy Bathgate and right above Sunset, I think. So at my number 18. I um, agree that this movie... 
it's just really hard to, we can't, I just have a, I struggle with trying to figure it out because yes, it's problematic. And I don't know if I jump to watch it again, but also I enjoyed my time watching it, which I can say, can't say for a lot of these. Mm-hmm. So I think I liked North a little bit better. I'm going to put it right under North, which puts it at 15 for me. Okay. I liked North quite a bit better. So <laughs> that movie went south on me. Uh-huh. Um, yikes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> with that in our mind. <laughs> oh, man. Kendrick, do you know what? Do you know what time it is? Uh, let me check my spreadsheet. I think it's time for me to look at my watch and tell you that it's time for the Wheel of Willis. The Wheel of Willis. Well, do you know what we do every time we get to the Wheel of Willis? Every time that we reach the point in the podcast where we uh, ponder the um, plentiful... I got no more P words. Uh, (laughs) We spin this good old wheel. and We always say the same thing every time. That we spin the wheel of Willis. And that thing that that we say is... Whisk that wheel! Wheel. All right. This question is, if you could give one character in this movie braces, who would it be? Um... Hmm... Like who do I think has bad teeth, or who do I think just needs braces? <laughs> who who would need braces? Uh, I'm gonna say prob. Uh, let's go, Paul Reiser. He seems like a guy who needs braces. <laughs> um, and he's yeah. definitely in this movie. <laughs> he is definitely in this movie. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. Who I'd probably give one of the uh I'd probably give like the first therapist braces. That way you could explain away the lisp without having to make mm. fun of people with the speech impediment. That's a good call. Wait, so. way to use your noggin. Yep, there we go. Well, thank you to uh Mystery Person for submitting that. If you mm-hmm. submit suggestions for the Wheel of Us going forward, I will get your name on there. So <laughs> you will get credit for that. These are all old suggestions, so I do not have your name on there, and uh, I am sorry. I will do better. I am learning. Um, we are constantly improving. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I am berating Josh better, and he's remembering <laughs> names better. Uh, true, true. All right. Well. Well. Well, well, it's well. It's come to the point in the podcast where we bring it to a close, dear listener. I feel like when you said that, there should be like sad music play. <laughs> <laughs> if you are listening and would like to get a hold of us, again, you can email us, williswaypod at gmail.com. Follow us, like our jokes, both, neither, on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, at williswaypod. Um, and find our reviews on Apple Podcasts 
and leave a rating. You can find our previous episodes over at willswaypod.com or other Last of the Action Hero Podcast Network podcasts over at lastoftheactionheroes.com. And every single episode now, we're trying to end with a little sweet treat to close out the show and leave you guys a little little bit of positivity. Um, so, Kendrick, what is your sweet treat for this week? My sweet treat is to get outside, enjoy the outdoors. Here in uh, North America, we're approaching the end of summer. We still have a few weeks left, but I would encourage you, if possible, um, go for a walk, go to the park, um, go camping, go on a hike, uh, go swim in a, a body of water that is safe and not filled with eels or alligators uh, and other outdoor activities. All right. Well, my suggestion is going to be to stay inside and watch this TV show, but I guess I'm going to throw that one away into the garbage can for next episode, and I'll, I'll think of something that's also outside. Um, <laughs> you can watch TV outside. That'd be weird and kind of... Ooh, purpose, true. You could watch TV outside. True. Yeah, my recommendation was actually going to be based on something that we talked about in our last week's episode where we had talked about the uh, Suicide Squad. And Kendrick mentioned that DC is at its most fun when it's doing weird and wacky things like with Doom Patrol. And I went, oh, that show slipped off my radar. So I went and I watched Doom Patrol, some of it, and I am liking it a lot so far. I really appreciate when DC Comics does stuff that doesn't suck because I love DC. So you can go catch Doom Patrol on HBO Max. I'm only about three episodes in, so if it sucks after three episodes, I'm sorry. But if that also slipped off your radar, and it, it was originally on like that DC Comics streaming service that didn't really go anyplace, but if you didn't get the DC service, but you now have HBO, I'd recommend it. I think it's a, a lot of fun, and it's it's great getting to watch all of these talented actors and people making the show work so hard on it i think it was uh it's a lot of fun so far nice that's awesome i've been meaning to check that out so uh, well now you can watch uh, it when you're outside exactly yeah <laughs> that's what's important is we help you do things inside and outside yes exactly <laughs> all right well if you want to follow me on social media you can follow me on twitter at joshing carter and you can follow me at K Martinix. All right. Next week, we're going to be covering Six Sense. Wow. What about Senses 1 through 5? Well, we are going to bring everybody up to speed um, for those of you that didn't watch all the sequels. So you won't have to panic. We'll, we'll cover everything. Perfect. I am <laughs> excited. Yeah, same. All right, we'll tune in next week. Until then, have a good one. Goodbye. Goodbye. Oh, yes, it's fun time. Fun time. Fun time. Fun time. Let yourself be happy. It's fun time. Shake time. Shake time. Break time. Break time. It's fun time. You all go.
I muted my laptop so I would not hear frown effects, but I keep hearing them. Blips and boops. Yeah, stop with the blips and bloops. <laughs> Apple, more like crapple.